This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Talking to you today about suffering. Really, uh, we're going to suffer some things. And let's look at John 16, 33. And this is Jesus. And, uh, you know, he says it this way. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So this is amazing because Jesus is the greatest teacher in the world. He's he's our savior. And, you know, Jesus, when he walked this life um, and he was preaching, he had problems. A lot of people don't think he had problems. Uh, the The first sermon that he preached... They wanted to throw him off the, the cliff. He had problems. Uh, they were trying to kill Jesus left and right. He had, he, had, he had enemies. Jesus had enemies. And don't think you're going to get through this life without, without the enemy working against you. Don't think you're, you're going to say, oh, well, I'm exempt. Faith can exempt me from problems. Uh, faith doesn't exempt you from problems. We're going to have some problems. But faith will help us get through the problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so a lot of times we think, well, if we have enough faith, we shouldn't have any problems. It's just you don't have enough faith, that's why you got problems. No, that's not right. The Apostle Paul had great faith, and he had problems. Jesus has, Jesus is... You know, he had the spirit without measure, and he had problems. Uh, They crucified Jesus, right, because he was too perfect for the world. So, so, So Jesus had a measure of suffering, and we know he suffered on the cross. So let's look at this, and really, um, in Romans 5, 3, and 4, it, it says this. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. That's where I was going to get the title, glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope, and the rest of it is because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we see here that when we're under pressure at times, uh, it, 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 it should, we're going we're gonna to do two things. I'm, I'm going to say this. When, 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 when the test comes our way, we're either going to embrace God and press in greater to God, or we're going we're gonna to hightail it and run. We're either going to stay in God, or we're going to get mad at God. We're going to get mad at God because we, because we believe this erroneous idea. Some of us, some Christians in, in the Christianity community believe in the erroneous idea that if we got a problem, God is giving us that problem. We get this erroneous idea. But God's not behind the problem. Amen? No, he, he's behind our deliverance. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So God is not creating the problem in our lives. No, 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 no. The enemy is working, trying to destroy our faith. You know, the devil's trying to work against your faith every day. He doesn't want you to believe God. He doesn't want you to stand on the promises of God. He, the devil wants you giving up. He wants you quitting. 
And I'm telling you, we are not those that quit. Amen. We keep fighting. We, we like, we're like Rocky. We go the distance. He went the distance with Apollo Creed. And we're like Rocky. We're going to go the distance. In other words, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pressing in. So in James, it's, it's similar. Uh, and this is really what I'm trying to focus on this morning, is that our attitude has to be right in our affliction. Our attitude has to be right in our suffering. Because if we have the wrong attitude in suffering, we may not pass the test. Am I talking to anybody today? And so here in James, he says, consider it all grief and cry to everybody. No, it doesn't say that. When you encounter your problems, just, just have a pity party. It's my party and I cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. You cry too if what's happening to you. Remember that old song? That's in the 60s, I think. It came out. It's my party and I cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. Yeah, you can. Amen. You can have the Job comforters join you in, in that. In that. But, but, uh, it, but it, doesn't, it doesn't manifest faith in you. So, yeah, you know, um, we, we can't have a pity party. So he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces, it produces something, perseverance. And let perseverance or patience or endurance have its perfect work that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Thank God. So you could say this, that, that in the process of our pain, we receive, if we deal with it in the right way, we will persevere through it and we'll see something good on the other end. Look at your neighbor and say, persevere. Amen. Persevere. Amen. Persevere. Keep going. And in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, uh, it, now this is, you know, you're talking Romans. This is Paul talking about suffering. Now we're talking, James is talking about suffering. We're talking about, these are the apostles now. And now we got Peter talking about suffering. Now, should this be a doctrine that should be taught in the church? Yeah, I think so. In other words, we should be talking about this every once in a while. And in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while you may have, a, a, to, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven of genuineness of your faith, a great worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So we see here that Peter is saying that we need to greatly rejoice because there, for a little while we may encounter some suffering of different kinds. And he says that, it, that when we go under fire or the test of our faith, uh, what Peter is saying is, he's saying that our faith can be tried like pure gold. And when, when, they're, when they are purifying gold, uh, there's other, when they get gold and they dig it out of the ground, they have to melt it down, and all these impurities come up 
to the top and they skim the impurities off and it becomes pure gold. And I'm going to say this, through the sufferings, through the times that we go through these tests, God is bringing up some areas in our lives, I'm talking to somebody today, that we need to get rid of. There might be some areas in our life, might be too much self in us. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. We might have too much, I call it the false trinity, me, myself, and I. We might have too much of us in us. We, we, we got us too much on our minds. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Are, are, am I preaching to somebody today? And sometimes when we get into a process, and we get into a process and the enemy's working and, and there's pain coming into our lives, uh, uh, that should motivate us to get closer to God. That should motivate us to get on our knees. I like that song we were, we were just singing about that we fight, that, that God's fighting our battles and we fight on our knees. That's how you fight your best battles in prayer. And if you're going to win your faith test, you better win it in prayer. I'm preaching. You better win it in, in, in the prayer room with God. Because the enemy's always constantly working on our minds. He, he's working against us. Trying, You're going to make it? You think you're going to make it? You ain't going to make it. And, and the enemy's working through people to try to get us downcast. Try to get people to start talking about us or speaking wrong against us or doing things against us. And what the enemy's trying to do is get us out of love. And we're going to walk in love. Say, look at your name and say, walk in love. And we can't let the devil get us out of the love walk. If I'm talking to anybody today, because one step out of love is one step into sin. And one step into sin is one step into uh, you know, uh, divine discipline or judgment. What I'm saying, divine discipline. We get out of love and we start hating on people. Then, then God's. Then, then the Bible says, and God can't work in that area, and that opens the door for the enemy to work against us. Amen. So we we know that Paul he qualifies to preach on suffering because Paul was probably one of the he was the apostle. That, that was, pro- what I, not probably, he was an apostle uh, that, 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 was, that suffered more than probably any of the other apostles. And in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 and 28, uh, this is in IV, he says, Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this, but I am more. He's, talking, he's really talking about his qualifications of being an apostle. He says, I have worked much harder, talking about he's worked harder than some of the other apostles, been in prison more frequently, and that wasn't because he was a bad boy. <laughs> that wasn't because he'd done something wrong. But he was in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. And one translation said, you know, he was stoned, and one person said, at least he got some relief. <laughs> Amen. But uh, he was pelted with stones. And uh, because we, we misunderstand that, he was stoned. And Okay, we'll continue. Three times I was, he was shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day in the open sea. He'd been constantly on the move. He'd been in danger from the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger of the city, 
in danger of the country, uh, uh, in danger of sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides all these things, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So we see here, this is a long list of problems that the Apostle Paul was going through. And I'm going to say this, sometimes one of the biggest things the devil will lie to us. Listen to what I'm saying today. When we're going through problems in following the will of God, the devil will try to make you think maybe you're not in the will of God because you got problems. Maybe you're not in the will of God. You might be in the perfect will of God because you got problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Just because you have problems doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. You may be in the perfect will of God. Amen. Are you hearing what? Why? Because you see, the devil doesn't have to work on people that's not following God. If you got no problems, you might be walking in league with the devil. Oh, I'm preaching. You might be walking with, you know, in other words, you, you might, you know, in other words, the devil works on those that have potential. And you have potential. I'm thinking about that Geico commercial. You have potential. Yeah, okay. And uh, I don't know if you remember that Geico commercial. But anyway, it was a guy that looked like he had no potential. Amen. But you have potential. Look at your name and say, you got potential. So we find that, you know, that the enemy's working against our faith. And we're going to at times go through faith tests. And we're going to have trials that we're going to face. But don't let those trials uh, warp your attitude. Don't let the trial get you negative. Don't you, you know, when, you, know you, you go through traffic, you get negative. Well, Pastor Dave does, but you, you, you encounter a little setback, you get negative. And I'm talking to anybody. It, it, it's just the human flesh. It's our nature, except for my wife. You know, I'm looking at her over there. She is the most laid back person. She is so laid back. She can sit at a traffic light. I, I, I couldn't wait at the traffic light today. I had to make the right turn, make a U-turn, make another right turn to get where I was going. Has anybody ever done that? Oh, I got a hand. <laughs> you go. I, I mean, it was like, I can make the right turn. I can make the U-turn. I can make the right turn. And I'm there. And I beat the traffic light by a minute. And then my wife keeps saying to me, you need, you need more patience. And I said, God, I, I know, I do. I, I need more patience. Right, U-turn, right, and I'm there. Amen. Uh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? So we see here, <laughs> my mom doesn't like driving with me either. She's laughing because she knows my personality. Because if, if the light's yellow, that means to me, speed up and go. <laughs> that's, that's my definition of a yellow light. Speed up and move forward as fast as you can. Anybody's definition of a yellow light like that? Speed up and move forward. And my mom will always say, your dad always stopped at yellow lights. <laughs> James drove with me too. He doesn't want to drive with me too often either. He doesn't like driving with me. Amen. Are, are, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so we're going to have problems. 
There's going to be problems in our life, but thank God God is with us. And one thing we got to be very careful of is that we need to be very careful that it doesn't warp our attitude. And we, and because if you are complaining, if you're complaining, if you're, you're grumbling and griping about what you're dealing with, then it's not faith. It actually equates to fear. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because complaining connects to a fear like you're not going to ever get out of it. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because I, and I'm just saying, I'm preaching to myself today because I, I, I'm talking to myself today. You, you're just listening, okay, because that's me. And, uh, and, and, and at times, I will be complaining about my circumstances, and complaining equates to fear. Now, now we know in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1, 7 through 12, uh, we know that Paul, and you may not be aware of this, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, and Timothy was a young pastor, and Paul was really, he was at the end of his ministry. He was in prison. It was a prison epistle, a prison letter that, that Paul wrote to Timothy. And he was really at the end of his ministry. And, and Timothy knew that Paul was in prison. And, and Paul was, was the one that mentored Timothy. They were really close. And Paul was about ready to get executed. And so, and so Timothy was like, am I next? You know, Timothy was a little nervous about it. And, 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 and Paul knew that. Paul knew that some of, a, some of his people that he raised up in ministry was a little nervous because you don't want to, fo- we all want to follow in, in our mentor's footsteps to, to a degree. Amen. And, uh, but not, a lot of times not to our death. And so, Tim, so in 1 Timothy seven twelve, talking about when we, when we enter the pressure zone, when we enter the test zone, when we enter the suffering zone, uh, the enemy is going to work on our flesh to, uh, to get us in fear. And so he says to Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity or, or cowardness, but, but a power and love and a sound mind. So, so God has not given us a spirit of fear or, or anxiety, amen, but of power, love, and sound mind. Then he, goes, then he goes forth and he says, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Notice it says, share with me in the sufferings. There's sufferings in the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose of grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. He has now been revealed by appearing of the Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life in immortality, light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul was talking about that he was an apostle and a teacher in Gentiles. For this reason, I now look at this again. For this reason, I also suffer these things. What is he saying? He's suffering persecution. He's suffering being in prison. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. See, listen, just because you're going through some things, you shouldn't be ashamed. Just because the devil's knocking on your door, it shouldn't be something that you should be ashamed about. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And he was saying that, I'm not ashamed, for I know, I know whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. I love that because Paul said, for I know whom I believe. He didn't say, I know in what doctrine I believe, in, in what five-step 
method to get me out of my problem, I believe. I, I, he didn't say, I, 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 he said, I know in whom I believe. In, t- well, in other words, what, what Paul was saying was that he had a personal relationship with God. And he knows that when he goes through the fire, he knows, he read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he knows that when you go through the fire, Jesus is going to be in the fiery pit with you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus, the fourth man, in the fiery pit with you. Amen. So he, so he says, I know whom I believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him. So he's persuaded. So God is able to keep what you have you committed your life to him. Because if you have committed your life to him, I'm preaching today to somebody. Then, you, then, 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 then God is able, he is able to keep what's committed to him until the day of Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God is able. We're not able, but God is able. Am I preaching to somebody today? God is able. You might be saying, well, I'm about ready to lose everything in the stock market. That's okay. You might be going through some financial tests. We're going, there's financial tests going around here. Milk is going up. Gas is over $5 a gallon. I already figured out it cost me 10 cents a mile to drive anywhere I go. I just take my miles, divide it by that. 10 cents a mile. My gosh. And I get almost 50 miles to my, my gas tank. And I think that's still a lot. Remember a year ago, it was half that amount. Does anybody remember those days when we were complaining about two fifty? Now it's five dollars. Okay, it might might be a little under. It might be four dollars and seventy nine cents. That's the last time I checked. Let me just be accurate. Amen. Four seventy nine. Thank you very much. I got a confirmation here. Amen. Four seventy nine. And so we see here. So so we know that 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 Paul knew some things, and and hopefully today. I'm going to give you three points that's going to get you through your test today. I'm going to give you three. Now, you may not be going through a test. You might say, Pastor, everything is rosy right now. Just wait. Everything's going great right now. Just wait. Because the storm is on the horizon. And it's coming. And you better be, you better be standing on the rock. Because if you're not standing on the rock of the revealed word of God, you're going to be blown down. Because the devil's like the big bad wolf. He's going to huff and puff. He's going to try to blow your house down. But if you're standing on the revealed word of God, he can't blow you down. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm preaching today. Man, I'm excited about this message. Glory to God. So in Philippians 3.10, it says this way, that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. This is Paul now. He's saying that if you want the power, you better be able to endure, endure the pressure. If you want the power of God in your life. Now, I've been praying for more power. Get ready for a faith test. Amen. How many people want more power? The power of the resurrected Jesus in your life. Well, you better be conformed to the image of Christ. In other words, Jesus didn't have it easy down here. Amen. 
But, but Jesus was our example. He made it through and he came out shining on the other side. So it says here that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I love that. We all want to stop there. That's it, pastor. Just stop right there. But then the fellowship of his suffering. Does that have to be connected with it, pastor? Being conformed to his death? Yes. If you're going to have power, listen, no pain, no gain, no cross, no crown. Have you ever embarked on a diet and you said, that's it, I'm going to lose some weight? Do you know there's sufferings in diets? Nobody wants to push away the sweets. Nobody wants to diet. I mean, you know, the, the word diet is dying. Dying. It's diet. You're dying in the diet. Like my, my dad, right? My mom would always have him on a strict diet. And, 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 my, and, and she said, my, my mom said, it'll make you live longer. And my dad said, yeah, it might make me live longer, but I may not want to. <laughs> Why? Because you're not eating what you want. In other words, this life is meant to be enjoyed. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Diet. So what am I saying? There's going to be a sacrifice. You get up every morning. If you work a 40-hour a week job, some work more. You're going to have to get up in the morning. You might lose some sleep. There's going to be some suffering, but, but there's a paycheck at the end. And there's a paycheck at the end of our suffering, and that's the power of God being manifested in our life. Jesus went through the wilderness, but he came out in the power of the Spirit. And you don't think you're going to be exempt going through the wilderness. There's going to be wilderness times. But you're going to come out in the power of the Spirit. Paul exhorts us, to keep the faith in the trial. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, 9, it says, But we have the treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're per- persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's powerful. He, that's what he's saying to us. We may be going through some of this stuff, may be a hard press, but we're not crushed. Amen. Uh, we may be in, we may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're not going to get in despair, persecuted, but we're not going to we're not forsaken. God doesn't forsake us, and we may be struck down, but we we're not destroyed. And then he says in Second Corinthians four sixteen and eighteen, it says here, therefore do not lose heart. Even though your outward man is perishing. See, see, notice it says, do not lose heart. I'm going to just back up again. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. He, he's saying here, you know, we may be hard pressed. We may be perplexed. We may be persecuted. We may be struck down. But don't lose heart. <laughs> he's saying, don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence in God. Know that God is with you. There is an expected end, a good ending for each one of us. The story is not over yet. God is writing your story. And so he says here, he said, Even though your outward man is perishing, yet your inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, which are temporary, but the things which are not seen 
are eternal. That, man, I could, I could just close down right now. I can close down right now. You know, I, man, I'm trying to get through this sermon, but it's, wow. What is he saying here? He's saying that, he's saying that we don't lose heart. He's saying that, yes, your outward man might be perishing, but your inward man is being renewed every morning. In other words, you are forever young. And, and I'm telling you, there's no old people in heaven. You might say, there's all old. No, no, we're all forever young when we get to heaven. You may die at 80, 90, 100 years of age, but when you get to heaven, you're going to be 33. Glory to God. That's my own doctrine. I, there, I don't have... Uh, David 1.1. One, one. <laughs> Amen. But it, it, there's no Bible verse for that. But Jesus was 33, so I believe that might be the perfect age in heaven. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, how many people were good at 33? Were amazing at 33. Amen? Will you, will you take 33? I'll take 33. I, do you guys remember what we, man, I remember, man, I, I looked, well, I looked the same. No, I'm good. <laughs> Except for the gray. Amen. So we continue here. So we see here that he says here, for these things are just light afflictions, but, but he said they're temporary in the light of eternity. And I'm going to say this, it's temporary situation. He says we don't look at the things that are seen but we look at the unseen. What, 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 what is he saying? He's saying, listen, don't be so focused on the external, but be more focused on the internal. Don't be so focused on the external, what's going on out here, but be more focused on the internal, what's going on inside of you. When the storm is happening, don't be so focused on everything out here. That's what happened with Peter. He got focused on the waves and the wind and the storm. Why he was walking on the water towards Jesus. And what happened with Peter? He started to sink. So as long as you keep your eyes on the master, you will never sink. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Now, now, now we're talking about uh, Paul now. Now let's shift gears. You ready to shift gears? Now we're going to look at a man called Job. And Job is, not only was Paul an authority in suffering, but Job, would you say... Anybody studied out the book of Job, would you say that he was authority in suffering? Job suffered some things. And he went through a, a, he went through a time of his life. Amen. Great suffering. He suffered financial setback. He suffered loss of his children. He suffered, he suffered health conditions. His health was under attack. And some of you might be suffering in some of these areas, but I'm going to say this. It's only a momentary, it's a short, why? Because you're coming through it. It's only a momentary thing, and you're coming through that suffering. So we, we see here that, 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 that the suffering that I believe that, that Paul, that, I'm sorry, that Job encountered uh, was not just uh, a random attack from the devil. I believe that he may have opened some doors. And so I'm going to say this, the devil can randomly attack us to try to test our faith, and we can open some doors for the enemy to attack us. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? We can do some things. You know, you know, just, you know, it's not the devil, if you're overweight or, or you're, you're fighting the battle of the bulge or whatever, it's not the devil's fault. It's the devil that made me do that. No, 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 we, there's some things we got to do. If we're suffering with some disease, there might be something. I was, I was ministering to a man uh, the other day in the hospital, 
and he's going to hospice. He's, he's, he, he looks pretty bad. And he's in his 70s, and he just looked real bad. And, uh, and I ministered to him. I prayed for him. And, uh, and uh, I, I, said, I said, I hope I don't look that bad in my 70s. I mean, I mean he just looked bad. But he, but he told me he drank all his life and he smoked all his life. He was a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker. Now his lungs are about collapsing. He's on a breathing device. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? He, he's, he's suffering because of his lifestyle. Are you hearing? So there's some things that we can do. I, 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 can, can I get real with you today? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, 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 we're not, this is not one of those churches that tell you, you're okay, you never do anything wrong, pat you on the head. and where you, you know, No, no, there's things that we... There, have you ever heard of the word repent? That's still a doctrine for today. It hadn't passed away. <laughs> we still need to say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I messed up. That's still a doctrine for today. Some will preach it's not a doctrine for today, that Jesus already paid all the price for all our sins and we don't have to examine ourselves to see if we're in a faith. My Bible says we've got to examine ourselves to see if we're standing in faith. And then if we're out of it somewhere, we better line back up with God, right? Amen. So Job, uh, in Job 1, 20 and 22, it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head. I mean, think about this. Job was like really in, in remorse. When he heard all, you know, he got the report that his kids got killed, that he lost all his fortune, all this. This was even before he got, uh, before the enemy attacked him in his health. He shaved his head, fell on the ground, worshiped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all Job did, he did not sin or charge God with the wrong. Now, now, we sing songs about this. Blessed is the name of the Lord, you know. And, and there's some, some other songs that say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh it away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. See, that was something in his, see, back then they thought everything came from God. They didn't know about the devil. And they didn't know that it, the devil can come. And we know in the story of Job that the devil, that, that, that God and the devil had a conversation. And we know that God said, look at my servant Job. He's upright. And, and of, course, of course, the devil said, well, you know, he, would, he wouldn't be serving you. He would curse you to your face if you didn't have a hedge of protection around him. And, and God said, well, we'll see about that. We'll see how, how faithful Job is, right? God already knew that Job was faithful. Just wanted to prove the devil that, that, that there's faithful people on the earth. And so the devil attacked Job, not God. God didn't attack Job. And so here, but, but, but Job was not privy to that meeting that they had. He wasn't aware of that. So that's why he said, blessed, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. No, the Lord giveth and the devil taketh away. <laughs> the devil taketh away. No, all I know is God, Jesus always added, you know, you know, when Jesus was down here, he never took anything away from anybody. Wasn't he always adding to people? He was giving them health. He was, he was getting, multiplying the fish. When, when, when the boy came with the fish and the loaves, Jesus didn't say, just take it from me and my people, you know. No, no, he took the fish and loaves and he multiplied it. Right? So, so you can just look at, so we can look at that, 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 that God is not a taker. He's a giver. And so John 10.10 10 is the dividing line of the Bible. The thief does not come except to steal 
kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we know this, that God is not doing it to us. You may say, well, my past sins and God's judging me because of my past sins. No, it's washed in the blood. You repent, it's washed in the blood. No condemnation. And some would say, well, you made your bed hard, you need to sleep in it. Have you ever heard that? You made your bed hard. You need to sleep in it or lie in it. Right? But, but what about mercy? What about God's mercy? Because the Bible says God's mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, I'm preaching today. That means God's mercy is greater than his judgment. Am I preaching to somebody today? He's a merciful God. He's merciful. So we see this, and so we see that, that Job uh, was an upright man, and the devil wanted to take him out. And we see that, and, um, and so Job did not curse God, amen? Let's look at um, Job 1.5. It says, so it was when the days of feasting has run. Th- this is something that opened the door to, to, his, to his problem. Uh, that Job would sin and sanctify them. He would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all, talking about his children. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And Job did this regularly. So Job was making these sacrifices for his children, not knowing that they, thinking in his, in his heart that they may sin against God. So his problem was he wasn't trusting God with his kids. He was making judgment calls. Amen? And you got to trust God. Look at your name and say, trust God. So he was in some kind of fear with his children. And so, and so, and so when he, that opened the door for the enemy to work in his life. And then we know in James, in Job 3.25, it says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. So, so we got to be very careful. Don't be that person that says, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to happen to me. Now, I say, it all, I say it sometimes. I say, if there's a pothole, I'm going to hit it. In driving, because I seem to hit every, every pothole out there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and you say, stop saying that. Or, or something good happens, and I would say, unbelievable. And, and you say, no, it's believable. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say unbelievable when something good. In other words, that, that, that's, a, that's a negative. Like, okay, because very rarely does anything good happen. When you say unbelievable, right? Have you ever noticed that? Has anybody ever said that? Unbelievable. That means you're thinking everything negative is happening. If it's something good, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying today? Amen. So what Job said, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So his faith was in his fears. So, so we got to make sure that we're not allowing our fear to control our lives. We're not allowing that fear to come upon us. And so, so it, through the discourse, you know, Job didn't realize it, but through uh, the, the book of Job, there was a lot of complaining in the book of Job. And Job was like, he was trying to justify himself why he should not be suffering because he was justifying himself in his own eyes. And I'm going to say this, when we're suffering, we need to be very careful. We don't take an attitude that we're trying to defend ourselves in our suffering. In other words, in the test that we're going through to God, like God, I shouldn't be going through this. We got to be very careful. We got to stay humble in 
in our affliction. In other words, we got to understand that it's not God that's doing it. And we got to stay humble and keep a right heart attitude when we're in it. And so with Job, he didn't have quite the right heart attitude in his affliction. And in Job 38, 1, 5, it says, The Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. And he said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you. See, see, Job was one of these guys that was a know-it-all guy. He knew, he, 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 he didn't, he, you, know, you know those people that know it all? You can't tell them anything. They know it all. You can't correct them. You can't bring any correction, very rarely, because they, they've been around the block. They, they've, they've, they, they know what life is all about. They, they know it all. Right? Have you known any people like that? And, and, you're, and you might be sitting next to your spouse to know it all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where, where, where were you when I laid the earth foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked it off its dimension. Surely you know who stretched out the measuring line across it. Then he drops down. We drop down to 18 through 21. Have you comprehended? Because God goes through a long list of things of, about Job. Did you know how the eagle does this and how this? And he, he was trying to ex- reveal to Job that Job doesn't know it all. We don't know it all. Just because you're going through something and just because somebody else is going through something, you don't know what they're, you, you can't, can't place a judgment about them. Are you hearing what they're going through? You can't say, well, it's because they got sin in their life. That's why they're going through it. Not necessarily. Amen? And so, and so it continues, uh, he, uh, he continues, have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way of the boat of the light? Where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths of the dwell, uh, to their dwellings? Surely you know. You were already born. You have lived so many years. So, so, so God gets a little sassy with Job. He said, you've lived so many years, you know. And so, we, we, so Job discovers some truths, and I'm trying to close down here. And if we get these three truths, I'm telling you, we'll make it through our wilderness. Are you ready for these three truths this morning? You're saying, man, you already preached this morning. You already had enough truth. My cup is full. Amen. As we discover these truths and we walk in them, it will bring us out of the trials. It will receive double for trouble because, because, because when, when Job understood these principles, God turned around his captivity. God doubled him. You may say, I'm a, I have a Job ministry. Get ready for the double. Amen. That means you're going to be double for the problem. And then, and then you're going to come out shining on the other side. Job, uh, in Job 43 and 4, Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. And really, what this word unworthy, in some translations says, I, I am small compared to you, God. In other words, what, what, what Job realized was that God is a big God. And he's much bigger than us and our intellect. So we got to get a revelation. Job also said, he also replied in Job 42, 1 and 2, that Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of you can be thwarted. So Job, Job got a revelation that God can do all things and nothing that God purposes can be thwarted. In other words, if God has a plan for your life and you line up with that plan and you don't quit, it's going to come to pass. 
It can't be thwarted by the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then in Job 42, 3, it says, You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke, Job says, I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. My ears have heard you, in Job 42, 5, My ears have heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. So what, what Job was saying was, when you, my ears have heard about you, but my eyes see you. Through the affliction, uh, Job got an up close personal relationship with God. He understood God in a whole different way. And I'm going to say this. Some of us might have to go through a process before we see the plans and the purposes of God in our life. Sometimes we may have to go through a pressure time to get us in a place where God can get us in a place where we can hear from God. So number one, Job said God can do all things. So number one key to get you through your trial is you got to believe, and this is one of God's attributes, that God is omnipotent. That word omnipotent is a big word, and all that means is that God is all-powerful. He can do all things. Thank you. He's all-powerful. And I'm going to say this, that, the devil, that God's plan is greater than the devil's plans in your life. Whatever the devil's trying to do to destroy your life, God's plan is greater. And if God is before you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we see here in Colossians, it says, For in him all things were created, in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers and authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is talking about our resurrected Jesus Christ. But we, we see this, that, that God holds all things together. In other words, God has your life in the palm of his hands. And no devil can pull you out and pluck you out of his hand. And the purpose and calling that God has for you, no matter what is going on in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God is working, even though we may not be able to see him working. In Job 19, 25, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, that at the end he will stand on the earth. I love that. My Redeemer lives. Paul did his, no, notice this in, in tribulation. Paul did his greatest ministry writing letters in prison awaiting his execution. So Paul writing his letters, his prison epistles, his prison letters launched him into the Holy Bible that we're feeding on today. The Apostle John talking about being under pressure. The Apostle Paul was banished to an island and he wrote one of his best works. God gave him revelation of Jesus Christ the apocalypse, uh, the end of all time, and the book of Revelation was written under that pressure. I'm telling you, when, when the enemy puts us under pressure, great works can be produced. When you get under the, when the devil puts you under that pressure, uh, get ready for some, a book. God might be calling some of you to write a book. I've been through, the, I've been through it, and I, got it th- and I got through it. You never, you never know what God may have, on, uh, have you do. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or maybe a podcast or something. I've been through the grind and now, you know, I'm out of the grind. I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the good place with God. Amen? And so, the, the, so we see this, that, 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 that God is omnipotent. And, and the attributes of God's omnipotence or his, he's all-powerful is the faithfulness of God in, in the Bible. So if God was able to set somebody free in the Bible, he's able to set you free today. And so if you can read somebody, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, Daniel, David, you know, uh, Gideon. Uh, if you can read these people, uh, Ruth, uh, uh, you know, these people, God delivered, glory to God, God can deliver you. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Number two, Job said, I spoke things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. This speaks of God's omniscient uh, uh, characteristic. Omniscient means that God is all-knowing. And so it says here, I did not understand things too wonderful for me to know. See, see, he didn't understand, but God understands all things. And there's going to be times in our lives where we may not understand why things are happening. There may be times in our life where we may be going through things that we don't understand, but God knows. God knows. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, For we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know just as I'm also known. We don't see things clearly, but when we get close to God, we get in prayer, God can reveal to us things clearly. God can reveal to us. The Bible says he'll show us things to come. So just because, you know, God will reveal to us and, that, and he will show us as we get close to God. Amen. So God is all knowing and we got to get a revelation of this, that God knows your future better than you know your past. And I'm going to say this, your future's good. Don't buy into the idea that your future's bad. You have a great future in God. And I, and I love that Jeremiah 29, 11. I say it all the time because I'm encouraging myself. I know the plans that I have for you. Good plans. Plans not for destruction, but to give you a hope and a future. You've got to believe that. You say, well, he was writing to the Israelites. He's writing to us. Because we're the children of Abraham. Some say we're spiritual Jews, amen? We're, 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 part of the, the, we're part of the blessing, amen? Amen. So God knows all things. The, 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 the verse, and I'm closing down here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's right. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. He shall make the crooked paths as one... He says, straight, your path might look crooked today. It may look bad today. It may look like you're encountering maybe some bad situations. But God, trust him. He will bring it to pass. Whatever your life is going on, God's going to bring something good out of what the devil's trying to make bad. The devil is trying to make it bad, but God's going to make it good. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You need to, some of you just need to shake it off. Some of you have been, you've been too much in, in, in 
uh, remorse. You've been too much. You haven't laughed enough. You haven't smiled enough. You've just been enduring. Oh, God. Another day. Some of you don't even want to get out of bed sometimes. Like, oh, God. I, 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 my, my daughter, I have a hard time getting her out of bed. And I said, because she asked, we, we homeschool her. And so I said, why don't you want to get out of bed? Because she said, I don't like to homeschool. I want to stay in bed as long as I can. <laughs> That's what she tells me. I try to sleep. I said, I said don't, why don't you try to get up? You know, I'm trying to motivate her. She said, well, school doesn't motivate her. I said, well, if I, if I get you a donut, you know, after school, <laughs> would that motivate you? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we got to get a revelation. So, so number three, Job said his ears heard and my eyes have seen you. So, so God is an up close personal God. And, and God is the omniscient God. He's the God that's always with us. He's the God that's always with us. He's all powerful. We get that through his word. He's all knowing. We get that through prayer. Because once we get in prayer, God will reveal some things to us. And, and God is always there and we get that through worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, 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 so Job got the revelation that God is the God that's always there. The Bible says in, that, that God will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I like what Isaiah, and I'm closing on this. Isaiah 43, 1 through 4 says, Don't be afraid. I'm your redeemer. I have called you by name, this message. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, I, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God. I'm the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so I'm saying it may look like a dead end, but God can bring us out of dead ends. It may look like that your life is not going anywhere, but it's going somewhere if you put your trust and faith in God. I'm going to say this, that we got to continue to believe when we're going through our storms of life that God is all-powerful, that He can, he can do and He can change anything, that God is all-knowing. He knows where we're at. Jesus been where we're at. Jesus is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus is praying for us. He's our high priest that our faith won't fail. Glory to God. And we got to always believe that God is there. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You're not just fighting this fight by yourself. It's just not you only. No, God is with you. He's helping you. He's going to bring you to the other side shining like pure gold. And you're going to pass the test. And I'm going to say and prophesy to you today, you're passing the test. You're passing the faith test. You're passing the, the, the test that the enemy's trying to put on you. And you're coming out like Jesus in the power of the Spirit. You're going, to under, you're going to understand and come out with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that Paul was praying, but he connected it to. Well, i got to suffer a little bit, but I'll suffer to get that power. And I'm telling you, this Friday, I'm going to put a plug in. We're going to be fasting, and fasting is suffering. And I, 
And I want to encourage you to fast with us on Fridays. We're fasting for miracles. We're fasting for, for, for your, your loved ones to be saved. We're fasting for God to do many things. And it is suffering. But join us in a suffering day of Friday. And get ready to come out in the power of the Spirit. Did you receive it this morning? Man, praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you are moving through this church, that you're moving through the people, that you have great plans for each one of us. And Father God, as long as we keep trusting you, Father God, keep our eyes on you, we will not and cannot sink in this life. I thank you, Lord God, for those that are here in the audience, those that are watching online. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, perhaps you're watching online or maybe here in the audience, and you know it's time to put Jesus in the driver's seat. It's time to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I'm saying to you today that the enemy has a plan for your life, but God has a better plan for your life. And that's salvation. That's that's the blessings of heaven. That's a purpose in, in God. So if that's you today and you're ready to move forward in your walk, just pray this prayer and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.